0: I realized that was so much of why I enjoyed it but I don't drink anymore and I barely go out and I feel excited every day every single day is like the start of like some new adventure for me I never know what the hell's gonna happen I mean today I'm doing this podcast
1: with you hello everybody welcome to running from comfort this is episode two today's show I have a very special guest for you all his name is James and he's from a company called video why now In this conversation today, we talk about a lot of interesting topics, but it's broken down mostly into two parts. The first half of this interview, we discuss purpose and meaning and why that is important in not just business, but also in your personal life. We also then talk about um, some mental health issues and things that we've done in our lives to overcome stress and anxiety. The second half of the interview, this is where I think it really gets interesting, see... I think at some point in life, all of us have flirted with the idea of quitting our job, whether that be to pursue a different career, whether it be to try and upskill, whether it be to, I don't know, start your own business. I think all of us have contemplated quitting our job at some point, maybe just out of frustration. Well, let me tell you a little something about James. James quit his own job at the age of 23 to start his own business and so far he's doing pretty well and that's part of the reason because he did a successful job at it he understood what position he was in and he slowly transitioned into it so in the second half of this interview we really break down um, the that transition period for him and how he knew he was ready to quit his job and make sure that it was a successful and smooth transition. So I think that's going to be very useful for a lot of you out there, especially if you maybe are considering quitting your job to do something else. Stick around because I think there's a lot to be gained from today's interview. But before we get stuck into it, just to set the tone, I'm going to leave you with this quote from Friedrich Nietzsche. And that is, He who has a why to live for can bear almost any how. And just before we get stuck into today's show, guys, make sure that if you enjoy that you leave this a rating and a review, you have no idea how much this will mean to me given that we're just starting out. This is very important. So please make sure you head over on whatever platform you're listening to this on and give this a rating and review. Now, enjoy today's show, guys. Hey, guys, and welcome. Here we are running from comfort episode two. I'm here with James from Video Y. James, would you like to introduce yourself?
0: Yeah, sure. I'm James from Video Y. I'm a videographer and happy to be here. Happy to be on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to get stuck straight into this one. So, I wanted to know, I, when I was watching one of your videos, you mentioned that part of what you do as your job when you're filming people is that you want to try and figure out their why. Mm. So, straight off the bat, I want to know, what is your why? Mm,
0: sure. Um, so, I think, I think the why is a really deep question. I've spent a lot of time thinking about what my own personal one is um, and then also what the one is for video why. So, I think, I think as a business, it has to be different to your own personal one. So, my own personal one is about helping to ease the suffering of others It's to tell stories about truth, art, and authenticity, to stand tall and to speak the truth. Um, That is my my own personal why. And that really relates to challenging experiences I had when I was growing up. And by acting out on this why and sharing authentically and and telling the truth and standing tall, I, I help my younger self and I help other people who are in those same situations as me, people who came from low SES, people who are disadvantaged. Um, So that's the the personal why for me. Uh, For video why, it's about living a life of purpose. You know, a life without purpose is meaningless, it's pointless and it's hopeless, it's dull and it's not a good place for anyone to be in. So we exist so that nobody has to live through that and that's why we create the content that we create. It starts with why and it starts with
1: purpose. So that's it. Man, that is like really, really powerful, especially what you're saying in terms of their, um, just in terms of what your business why is, mm-hmm. in terms of, well, I'm just trying to think of the word that you use. You said that um, where people are trying to do, what did you say, easing suffering. Yeah. So, can you elaborate on that a bit sure. more?
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it was, um, at one point, it was, I wanted to end the suffering of others and then I was reading into it more and trying to learn more about it. And I realized, well, suffering is a natural part of life. We we're always going to suffer in some respect, at least I think. Um, and so I think it becomes more about easing the suffering of others. Maybe people don't have to suffer as much as they have to. I'm a really big fan of Jordan Peterson. You might be a fan of his too. Yes,
1: that's the first thing that came to mind when you said <laughs> everybody suffers. And. Yeah
0: yeah and he talks about uh meaning and um, i think victor frankl is the guy who's also got that famous book uh, man's search for meaning as well but i think that's more of what it's about it's not necessarily eradicating suffering but it's bringing meaning to the suffering that you that you go through so that's why i changed the word from i'm going to end it which is Kind of silly now <laughs> that I think about it, but it's it's more of an easing. Can I bring meaning to people's lives through the video content I create, the storytelling that I can do? Can I help other people make sense of their lives?
1: Yeah. And so, and I wanted to get back. So, in terms of like, so what you're trying to do is add meaning, right? Mm. So, I guess that coming back to that, when you're trying to ease suffering, I think, so we we're talking about Jordan Peterson just briefly before. Have you read his book, 12 Rules for Life? Yes. So yeah, I believe it's rule seven and it's pursue that which is meaningful, not which Mm. is expedient. So what happens with you? Have you come across any clients who you see maybe are pursuing more uh, monetary value as opposed to maybe something more meaningful? And how does that come across to you? I, I don't work with them.
0: So my whole thing is I work with purpose-driven businesses. Uh, I won't chase business that isn't purpose-driven and I don't really care for businesses who aren't. Uh, I wouldn't have fun with it. They probably wouldn't get a great outcome at the end of the day. So if someone doesn't really have that purpose and meaning behind what they do, I I just don't work with them. And it's not a nasty thing like you guys suck and I don't want to work with you. It's just like, oh, cool. You do your thing. I'm going
1: to do mine. So have you turned down work already for that? Yes, yeah. Yeah. And I will say just from the short amount of work I've seen of yours through your portfolio, like you do produce really, really good work. Thank you. So are you at all ever concerned that you could be leaving, I don't know, a good portion of business and potential money and clients on the table pursuing that?
0: Mm. I mean, potentially, I mean, well, yes, obviously, if I'm saying no to a certain segment. I'm definitely leaving money on the table. Um, but you know, what I'm experiencing so far is that it's really hard work. And if you're really busting your ass for work that you don't believe in, there's no point in doing it. So I think the pain of creating something for a company that I don't believe in would be just horrible. I wouldn't really enjoy it at all. So that that is what deters me from just chasing after the money.
1: Yeah, and just from that, like straight away, even in the world of business, you were really staying true to yourself, which I think that's something that's very admirable. And I think especially as people start getting into business and money starts becoming a thing, I think a lot of people lose sight of that. Mm. So yeah, I'd say straight off of bat, don't lose sight of that. Mm. That's awesome. Stick with that. Thank you. Um, now, the next thing I wanted to get into here was, um, I want to take you back a bit to when you were talking about your personal why mm. and you talked about some of your own struggle mm-hmm. when you were coming up or growing up. Do you want to speak a little bit about on that? Sure. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. What happened in the younger days of James? Yeah,
0: sure. So I grew up in a low SES family, so low socioeconomic status. We just had no money growing up. Um, My parents didn't work. My mum suffered uh, extensively with mental health issues. And so throughout my childhood, this just created a perpetual situation where... We didn't have money. We didn't have the ability to go out and bring in money. So we were just constantly struggling, constantly um, getting sick mentally for, for my for mum, my uh, And it was just a really bad situation. So we couldn't really move forward as a family. I think, um, I think to really illustrate the point for people who haven't really been in that type of a situation, you know, a fundamental part of any family moving forward is the ability to bring an in income into the family. Whether it's your mom or dad going out to work, and then you know they form a network with the people that they work with, um, you can you as a as the kids can potentially work with those people in that network, and you and you get to see how a, a normal a normal <laughs> quotation marks a normal person works in society, um, and it and it makes it just that little bit easier for you to integrate and to move forward in the world. And I didn't have any of that. I didn't understand what it was like to have a real job. I didn't understand what it was like to go to university and be educated. I was the first person in my family to be to go to university. So, that was that was the real challenge. That's, that's basically what happened.
1: Yeah. So, growing up from those poor circumstances as well. And then... So, you said you did go to university in the mm. end, did you? And what did you study? I studied psychology. Studied psychology. Okay. And... So, how did you go from psychology into um, what you're doing now? Yeah. So, uh,
0: I was really interested in business and entrepreneurship. Um, I wanted to start a business the whole time. I was really interested in, I guess, personal development speakers, people like uh, Tony Robbins and, and figures like that. And so, I was studying psychology and I thought, this is the way I'm going to help people. But... I felt like the more and more qualified I got, the less I was able to help in the way I personally wanted to. And so that what led me to starting a YouTube channel. And so I thought I'm gonna start a YouTube channel, it's gonna be talking about mental health, and then I'm gonna be a YouTuber, I'm gonna do some type of coaching thing. So I remember when I finished my last exam of uh, my university course, Straight after I finished, I went back into the library and I was trying to research how do I build an online course? How do I become a YouTuber? How do I start filming stuff? And that led me into about a year of just experimenting, trying different things and, and uh, mucking around with cameras and, and creating YouTube videos. So that's, that's kind of how I started that shift.
1: And how did that go for you in terms of it? I mean, I don't think I've seen any of the content from this YouTube yeah. channel. Is it still up on YouTube? It's still up.
0: So the, so the channel's called Mind Unlimited. Um, and I still ha- I still have it up there. I don't post a lot regularly on it. Uh, I think it's got about 300 subscribers or so. Um, but I think what I, what I really enjoy about it is there are some videos on there that talk very particularly about anxiety, which is something that I've struggled with. And the coolest thing is that it's actually helped people. Like people have watched those videos and I've read their comments and they're like, whoa, like, thanks so much. This has been really helpful. Or Thank you for sharing. And that's just, for me, that's cool. You know, I, I always want that content to be up in there. I'm honestly a little embarrassed because with some of the first videos I put out, I was being very vulnerable on there, but I'm just really happy that my experience can help other people who've struggled with that type of stuff
1: yeah and definitely i th- would say probably the most rewarding thing in life anybody can do is to help someone to have influence on their life yeah. i mean that's essentially what's driven me to start doing this podcast mm. in itself and that's what has i mean led you to i guess in the position you're in now i mean everything to do with your behind the structure of your business has all been about um how am i going to ease people's suffering or what can i do what can i do to help other people and mm. i think that's definitely a very powerful thing um and something else I want to get into mm. just I know you mentioned it or not sure. mentioned it, but since we're on the topic of YouTube, mm. this is something I wanted to talk with you about vlogging. Mm. Why has vlogging taken off? Do you have an answer to that question? It's a good question. I think, um, I think,
0: I think people just like expressing themselves, I think it's just a new medium, it's really easy, and there's no there's no real barrier to entry. So I think you can look at like star YouTubers and be like, wow, like I can be like that. And I don't have to, I don't have to do like an acting course. I don't have to go to Hollywood or whatever. I can just buy a camera or use my phone and start. So I think that's really attractive to people. And I think, um, I think just people want to share. People want to create.
1: Yeah. And what about in terms of, let's say, brand building? Mm. Why why would vlogging or creating video content be important for brand building?
0: Mm. Why would video content be important for brand building? Well, I can talk from my own experience. I post mainly at the moment to grow video. Why I post a lot of content on LinkedIn and... Uh, my whole thing is that I want people to know who I am. I want them to be um, understanding what I stand for. And essentially what I, I, I'm looking for is to put out a video that's true to purpose and have it resonate with someone who I can potentially work with, or someone I can connect with, or someone that I can serve. Um, and so that's, that's why, that's a big part of why I do it. I'm just putting my message out there to see where does this take me? Who do I connect with? Where is this going to go?
1: Yeah, so as a part of that, uh, you're putting it when you say putting out a lot of content on LinkedIn. So that's obviously like a lot of free content that yes. you're putting out there as well, yep. which I think that's something that's very important in our modern day when you want to try and build anything. Um, I definitely think putting out like free content out there on social media, not just anything though, like mm-hmm. something that adds value or meaning to someone's life, I think there's something about that where it just. It's becoming so important. And I think you definitely see some of the most successful people. I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk, what does he put out like 40 plus <laughs> posts a day? And he recently just gave us a speech. I don't, you know, Gary V? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he recently just gave a keynote speech where he said that he sends every single post himself. Not a single post <laughs> is posted by his team. His team might cut and edit. Wow. But yeah.
0: It's incredible.
1: <laughs> He's a busy man, I'll tell you that. 100%. And Here's something else I want to um, cover with you. So, mm. for someone that wants to, uh, let's say, put together their own video content, I watched one of your videos on the Video Why YouTube channel, mm. and you mentioned that when you put together your content, you will film in long form and then break it down into smaller forms of content. Can you, can you just give like a short explanation of that? Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much one from Gary V. I I think a lot of the time he says you, um, uh, what is he pyramid content or something like that. But you basically just have one really long piece of content from that. You can cut shorter pieces and that's just, just efficient. It's easy. Cause like this, for example, when we talk, I can potentially use this for content. If we speak for like half an hour, or an hour, or whatever, um, I can cut, you know, one minute interesting clips from that and then use that for social. So that's pretty much it
1: yeah mm. and in terms of that how many different types of content do you produce from a video are you just making shorter clips are you doing blog posts memes uh,
0: some, pe- some people do I mean for myself I just make the shorter clips but I know people who will transcribe the whole podcast the whole interview and potentially make that into blog posts
1: yeah mm. yeah and that's a, that's a hell of a task I'll tell my listeners right now if you ever see a transcription <laughs> from me I paid somebody on Fiverr <laughs> to do it yeah yeah <laughs> Okay. All right. So, what I want to get into now is... So, you started making video content mm. and that was very much in line with what you're doing um, in terms of what you would learned in psychology. It was very much mental health awareness. Yeah. So, then where was the decision to transition that into a business mm. set around videography?
0: Yeah. So, I think... I think when I was in that position, I was just very aspirational. I saw people who were successful and I'm like, I want to do that. And there was so much emotion and, and, and uh, not a lot of knowledge behind it. And so I was trying all these different things. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was trying different courses. And ultimately, I got to the point where I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. I don't know how to run a business. And I think it was actually one of Gary Vee's videos. It was a really good one, but he was basically talking to this like, um, dude who was like a young entrepreneur. He's like a bodybuilder, gym entrepreneur, fitness guy. And basically he's asking Gary Vee, like, I'm, I'm like 22. Like, what do you think I should do if I had like, I don't know, 10,000 bucks? Like, how should I invest that money? And his answer was like, dude, you should do nothing. You should quit what you're doing now and go work for a big company and learn for them for the next like two years get near the CEO and learn about business and I don't know why but that really resonated with me I'm like I think that's right and that's essentially what I did so I stopped what I was doing with these video blogs and I literally typed entrepreneur into seek and applied for everything that came up just trying to get around founders and business people because I thought if I get around a business owner potentially they can teach me about business and then I can start and then I wasn't getting any reactions from putting out job applications and I thought hey I've been doing all this video stuff maybe I'll make a video resume instantly all my all the, re- the applications I sent out <coughs> excuse me people started responding cuz it's like whoa this guy made a video and then I can see him rather than just looking at this a written resume And I eventually connected with somebody who was working at a co-working space like this. And they ended up taking me in for an interview and hiring me to work as a receptionist there. So so I got to sit on reception for a year and a half at this co-working space, meeting and greeting every business person that came in. And over the course of the time I was there... I built up all these connections. I met real business people and that's kind of how it started. So the real lucky part for me, and I don't know if, you know, they said luck and preparation kind of go together. So if you're prepared, that's when luck really happens. And I was really prepared. I was, I just wanted to start a business so bad. I just wanted to learn from people. I wanted to be respectful to people and learn from people who were further ahead of me. And I ended up finding a mentor there and this guy really took me under his wing we sat down once a week at uh, at 7am uh, in the morning we would both get in early and we go through an hour long mentoring session every week we talk about mindset we talk about structure we'd, he'd help me kind of get my business idea together and look i think for <clears throat> excuse me, I think for anyone who's actually starting a business, this was the real turning point because I had all these ideas in my head and I had all this aspiration like, yeah, I want to start a business, blah, blah, blah. But what my mentor helped me do is add structure to it from just like, I want to change the world to like, do you want to start a business? Yes. Well, what is the product or service that you're selling and how much are you going to charge for it and who are your clients? And this changed my mindset from like, a business. Whoa! I'm gonna do whatever to really focusing in, and that's when I ha- had the realization. Okay, if I can take these video skills and use them in a way that's valuable to others by creating content for other people, that's a potential way I can start a business, and that's where the shift happened. And so, over the course of these mentoring sessions that we had, my my mentor taught me everything about purpose, and we'd have these detailed discussion about. Why you do what you do, and understanding your purpose, and through the course of that, we landed on, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we filmed video content about purpose, and that's how Video Why started. We're gonna film a, a video
1: about your why,
0: and that's that's the start of it.
1: So, what well, you said when you were going through the mentoring, mm. um, what what happened was. He, he wanted to keep asking you why and like reinforcing your why and mm. discovering your purpose. Now, mm-hmm. something i found very helpful myself as I've been obviously trying to put together a podcast, start mm-hmm. my own vlogging. Um, is I definitely have days where I suffer from a lot of <coughs> like resistance mm-hmm. and I feel like that sometimes even onsets a bit of anxiety. Did mm-hmm. you find much of that yourself? Just quickly. Mm.
0: Um, so resistance leading to a feeling of anxiety.
1: Yeah. Have you ever experienced that?
0: <clears throat> um, I've definitely experienced it in the past. I don't feel it as much recently. It's um, definitely not something I'd say I'd feel as of
1: late. Yeah. Because mm. I guess what I was trying to say there was what I think really has really helped me get started because mm. my big thing the last couple of weeks has been take action, take action, yep. get started, just do something. Mm. And writing down my why almost over and over again just every week rewriting down my why has really kept me on track and it's is that something that you did with your mentor in yeah. terms of that
0: yeah yep 100% so every day i would write, either write it out or look at it and at the start of every session we have we would talk about that every business plan that we would put up on the on the whiteboard the first thing we put is what is the why we'd start from there
1: yeah so that's and i guess that's something i want to try and get across to you guys my audience here is just how important knowing what your why is when you want to do something mm. whether that be in business or even just in your life i think just even in terms of just talk talk broader spectrum of your life you need to understand what your why is what makes you wake up in the morning what makes you go to your job to earn your income so that you can survive like what is it that drives you i think If that's important in almost all aspects of life, and I mean me personally, I believe it's something that we lack as Mm. a society. I think more and more we're auto, we're kind of running more on autopilot and starting to forget what our purpose is in life. I'm Mm -hmm. not sure if you agree with that statement. No, hundred percent. That's that's part of what I'm trying to push out here with this podcast. So I only think, yeah, that whole concept of how important knowing what your why is i really do i think i really like that and i think that's kind of cool so every business plan the why was there yep that's awesome now here's something that i want i was this is what i really wanted to Mm. get out from you and this is something that i'm going to tease my audience a little bit and this is all right are we ready hey guys are you enjoying today's show if so do us a favor screenshot you listening to this on your smartphone and then upload it to your Instagram story and tag me at Galloways underscore take. You guys have no idea how much it would mean if you could do this for me. As we are just starting out, I'm trying to get as much exposure as I possibly can. And if you are enjoying, why not share it with the people that you know? So hey, make sure you put that on your Instagram feed and I promise I will reshare it myself. Now, back to today's show how old were you when you quit
0: your job how old was i when i quit my job um let me see so it was the start of last year when i quit my job so i would have been 20
1: 23 23 yeah see and i know anybody listening i not just anybody listening anybody that's ever worked any type of job mm everyone's flirted with quitting and everyone's just definitely flirted with quitting to try and do something else mm-hmm. so my next question is how did you come to the decision that you were going to quit your job and how did you know that you were in a position where you could quit your job mm. um
0: yeah so really good question so i i consciously thought about it a lot i came to the decision okay i definitely want to quit my job and then the thought process was how do i do that and the first thing I, I realized is that if I just quit cold turkey, I thought that was a really bad idea. And looking back, I would really advise people not to just quit and just com- completely. I think it's extremely stressful and really not the best idea when you when you're starting out. So what I did is is I thought, okay, I need to build mm, this business, this side hustle, up to the point where it can it can um uh, replace some of my income that I've got from my full-time job. Um, so, <clears throat> so how that, how that looked is I, and I, I was very honest with my employers the whole time. I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to start a business. Eventually I'm going to you know, leave to go start this thing. And so the first step was, um, dropping down to part-time work. So, uh, <laughs> so I was working nine to five. And then before nine, a couple of hours early in the morning, that's when I would work on client work. And then after 5 p.m., that's when I would continue to work on client work. And I do that all throughout the week. I'd work on Saturdays and a little bit on Sundays. So I was just trying to fit in work at any point. People in the office would kind of like, I get the reputation, like, who is this crazy guy who like comes in? He's like super intense in the morning where he's just like, like editing and typing on the computer. And then 9 a.m. rocks around and he's uh, at his office job or he's, he's on the clock now. Um, and that was that was me for a really long time. And eventually, I started bringing in clients. I started earning enough income and I, and I thought, okay, cool. I, I'm okay to drop down. And I wasn't completely okay. Like I wasn't. I didn't have heaps of cash coming in. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be sweet. This is a perfect time to drop down. It was actually a bit of a a rocky time, but I ended up saying, hey, I do want to drop down to part time. And that started this tricky situation with my employer because they knew that I wanted to leave. So they're already kind of thinking, okay, we need to kind of replace this guy. So we've got a new person coming in and then I have to kind of balance out. Oh, I'm not ready to leave just yet. Or maybe I am. So it was really rocky but I'm really happy that I did it gradually. And then that final point where I went, I went down to casual work, so a casual employment agreement, and then finally I actually quit. And that was, I mean, that was, that was crazy. The yeah, um it was a really kind of freeing experience and a really liberating experience but also really scary and intense too because i was like holy shit now all my income comes from me i'm starting at ground zero so
1: and yeah it's nothing to fall back on there's no, no. sick days no. no annual leave no there's nothing nothing there's just you and the world and the world can be quite a harsh place as you've said before everybody experiences suffering <laughs> yeah
0: yeah so i think um So I think my recommendations for people who are wanting to quit their job would be, you know, number one, don't just quit cold turkey. I think that's an extremely stressful thing to do. And this is like, this is really one of my my main concepts that I have in my mind, but thinking and feeling is just so important. So if you feel bad and you can't think clearly, you're screwed. And so I'm very aware of how I feel and how I think. And Any time that I'm just too stressed out or I don't feel good, I'm like, oh, this is not good, this needs to change. I need to meditate, I need to spend time with friends and family, I need to just, whatever I need to do to get my thinking back, then I'm okay. But if your thinking's out of the picture, you're in a really, really bad place. And if you just quit your job cold turkey and you have no income coming in and you're just trying to start a business out of nothing, it is insanely stressful and you can't think because you're just freaking out all the time. Maybe people can go do it. I'm not saying you can't, but at least in my opinion, what I've experienced, if you just do it gradually, you can think clearly and it's not as stressful.
1: Yeah, and I'd, I'd probably agree with that. Uh, I think you definitely see some of the most successful business people. I mean, it generally starts as some form of a side hustle. Yeah. Although, I don't know if you're familiar with Elliot Hulse. Yes. Yes, I, I think I watched one of his YouTube videos once and someone said they wanted to quit their job and he, his advice is a bit different. He was like, quit your job not knowing what you're going to do next. And when yeah. you're in the deep end, you'll figure it out. And I'm yeah. just like...
0: And, and look, this is... Man, I'm, some people don't. Mm. Some people really don't. Uh, and, you know, particularly with my background of, you know, studying psychology, seeing mental health problems, it's... Uh, the, the real truth is people don't. They don't fucking figure it out. Um, sorry, I'm not sure if I can no, no, swear on doing this. Absolutely. But yeah, um, so I'm I'm always aware of that. Am I going to push myself so much that I go insane? Because I do not want to do that. So um, I'd, say that's, I'd say that's number one is just do it in a way where it's not insanely stressful. And then number two would be if you're actually going to start a business, you really need to have a product or service that you can sell. So much of my early, I don't really call it success, but maybe you could call it success because I didn't, Fail and the business just didn't stop completely, but it was due to the fact that I had a service and a skill that I could sell. I could approach people and be like, "Hey, I'll edit some videos for you. I'll edit the podcast for you. I'll do whatever creative thing you need." Um, and you should have some type of skill like that. Whether maybe it's you can go out and sell stuff for people, you can write copy for people. But I think you know you should definitely have something, and in the forefront of your mind, it's like I need to sell this. Like now that I've quit my job, I need to sell shit or I'm screwed. <laughs> and that, that should really be at the forefront of your mind.
1: Yeah. And yeah, just on that point as well, um, what, um, just what you're talking about in terms of all the different skills you can pick mm. up these days, I think that's why I want to try and get this, um, what I'm trying to get out through this podcast is I think what we see in our society today is like this very like one structure. It's like this, you go to school, you get a, you get your degree, you get a job. That's going to pay the bills. One day you'll be rich and you'll be old and you'll die. Mm. And maybe if you live to the over 60, which you probably will, you get your super, but <laughs> still a good chance you won't. But what gets missed so much now is because there is so much going on in the online world, there are so many different skills where it's like any, almost anybody with a computer could probably pick up, I don't know, any of these skills, web development, yeah. design, um, You know, some of the stuff you're talking about, like video editing, podcast editing, there's there's a wealth of it you can do. Freelance writing, there's just so many options Mm. that, you know, if you are starting to get uncomfortable with your job and you think you want to transition and you might have one of those skills or you might want to, like, learn one of those skills. Um, I've heard you can take about six weeks to maybe learn one of those skills, then... Like you did the side hustle to begin with, that person could then might be able to side hustle on Fiverr and take some jobs, build a portfolio up. And, you know, a few months of that, you get good at it and you'd learn how to market yourself. Maybe you have your own website at this point. I
0: think that's the way to do it.
1: Yeah. So there are other options out there, people. You don't Mm. just have to go to uni and get a degree like we did. (laughs) 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 There's other ways to do it. Yes, 100%. I wanted to also ask, just taking back a little bit further as well. So, when you were starting to do the build the business as your side hustle, Mm -hmm. like what kind of hours? So, I mentioned you're saying in the morning and then after work, but how many hours would you say you're putting into the side hustle per week while you're still full time and part time?
0: Good question. So, I think uh, more would it be? I'd probably get into the office at like six, so six, seven, eight, nine. So maybe three hours in the morning three hours yeah so six hours a day
1: six hours a day yeah what was your social life like during that time
0: <laughs> none <laughs> barely any you know I just get home and I just be so tired I just go straight to sleep um but you know that, that's me I, I, I enjoy the work I do so I don't like I uh, I guess the way I think about it is when I was younger I really liked liked going out a lot you know drinking going out to parties and stuff like that and I've thought about it a lot as to why did I enjoy it so much and why it was such an interesting part I mean especially in Australia it's such a big part of our culture mm-hmm. and I realized when you when you have a couple of drinks you're so loose and you're not really thinking in the same way you do when you're when you're sober and it's like this new exciting experience you don't know what's going to happen like oh I'm going to have some drinks I'm going to go out to the bar, club or a bar or I'm going to go to a party or whatever and you don't know what's going to happen. It's exciting. And there's a lot of potential of what could happen. And I realized that was so much of why I enjoyed it. But I don't drink anymore. And I barely go out. And I feel excited every day. Every single day is like the start of like some new adventure for me. I never know what the hell's going to happen. I mean, today I'm doing this podcast with you. I talk to different clients all the time. People just throw referrals at me and then... Done work for man, like I I've done some work for National Tiles, which is just that came out of nowhere. Someone wants me to fly over to Shanghai and Singapore to film some content over there. Wow. It's like, dude, this is the stuff that happens all throughout the day. I'm just like, this is this is overstimulating and so exciting. (laughs) Like I don't I don't need to drink or go out because I'm like, this is so fun. This is so engaging. By the end of the day I'm like, I'm done. (laughs) I've had my fun.
1: Oh, wow, well, yeah. So, and part of that is so that's not necessarily just only about the fact that you're doing this video work as well. It's the types of opportunities that it's opened up for you. Mm. Um, yeah, no. And the other thing is, you're not going to be able to work that hard if you're hungover every Monday, <laughs> are you? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I also think, just as a random segue, what you're saying about drinking being an adventure. I think I was kind of coming to some of those conclusions myself, mm. me, and, me and one of my best friends back in Hobart. Shout out, Phil, if you ever listen to my podcast, <laughs> maybe you'll get the top spot in the best friend list. More on that some other time. We used to, when we drink, mm. um, there was this pub, this bar in Hobart, mm. and it was right on the wharf near where all the boats would come in. So something we would do is, when we would be way too intoxicated, is we would climb over these cages mm. and go see what's about on the cruise boats. Yeah,
0: man. And like, I think people have countless stories like that. And I think why people do it, I don't think people think about this a lot, but it's so fun and new. Like, you don't know what's going to
1: happen when you climb on that boat. You don't know what's there. You might fall off. You might die. Yeah. Something potential could happen.
0: But potentially. Yeah. And I think when you, when you really, I guess, living, uh, purpose and kind of on the, the path that was made for you. That's so exciting because you don't know what's going to happen and there are all these potentialities and, and it could go really well it could go really bad and you could find amazing treasures along the way or you could come into really considerable obstacles but it's it's fun and I love
1: it So I wanted to just pull back just a little bit again just to give a bit of insight because I know we might have some people that are sitting out there and like yeah maybe I'm going to start my own business so mm. You were working, what, full seven-hour days plus six hours on top of that Mm -hmm. in the building phase. Now, when you were able to quit your job, what did your hours become like then for the business? I
0: think whatever free time I had, I would spend on the business. So, when I dropped down to part-time, that extra time, I would still be in the office. I would just be working on my own stuff. So, nothing really changed. Like, every hour I got back that I didn't have to work at my job, I would put that hour straight into the business.
1: And what are your hours like now that you're, what, about a year and a half in, is It's it?
0: pretty much the same.
1: Just the same. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: I man, I get usually get in here around 7 or 8 a.m. Um, I mean, we're here, we're, what, almost 7 o'clock. This is pretty regular for me. I'll, I'll usually finish at about 6. If things aren't too busy, I'll finish at 4. But most of the time, it's, you know, I'm getting in at 7 or 8, finish at 5 or 6.
1: Yeah. And that's not that's not too bad a schedule now do you have a particular morning routine like do you get up early do you do mm. things before you come to work yeah
0: yep. so i'm up at 5 a.m every day um i'll either meditate in the morning or I'll, i'm really into jiu-jitsu so i'll either go to jujitsu practice um or be
1: meditating and do you listen to joe rogan's podcast now, i've heard <laughs> yeah. you mentioned jujitsu. yeah yeah i do
0: it's great <laughs>
1: Who's your favourite guest on there so far? Who's
0: my favourite guest on there so far? Oh, man, good question. I think... Um,
1: You're not allowed to say Jordan Peterson. No,
0: no, not Jordan Peterson. There's somebody really interesting. It's actually that guy who... Um, maybe not interesting, but one that really stood out was the guy who was wrongly accused of a... Of a killing or something like
1: that. i remember that one yeah and
0: he was put through jail for like years and years and years and he was wrongly convicted that was a that was a really interesting one very sad
1: too no that that one really hit home to me like that i think what i got out of that podcast and i remember because i was trying to write about it and i didn't finish what i was writing but it was just this whole concept of how important like telling the truth is Mm. and not lying And essentially with that guy, part of his unfortunate circumstances was the fact that he'd actually lied to the police and if he hadn't have lied, he might not have ended up in the situation that he was in to begin with. So yeah, there's just a little life lesson there, just (laughs) a little bit off topic, but Mm. all right, I want to ask you a few more questions now. So what would you say was your biggest challenge that you've had to overcome getting into business so far?
0: biggest challenge getting into
1: business. Um,
0: there are a lot of challenges, I think The biggest challenge and I'm just trying to think, hmm, I think the biggest challenge so far is... I guess mindset would be a big part of it, like uh, still showing up and being the business owner, even if you don't feel good. So I've got, you know, people that I work with who, who work under me, I've got a lot of clients that I have contact with, and I think the most challenging thing is if I've just had a, you know, horrible day, like really challenging, like people angry at me, things not going well, things that are, I need to action straight away, and it's stressful, all of that, and then I still need to be the business owner, I still need to you know be efficient i still need to go find new clients i still need to get the work done i still need to continue the process of business i think that's the most challenging thing so far
1: yeah and just to give perspective someone who's still working in the office myself um mm. you know if i'm having a bad day or i'm slightly off like the first thing i'm gonna do is i'm telling my boss i'm like yeah i'm not fully there today and he's like that's okay i'll still try my best mm. but like you don't necessarily have the luxury where it's like if you stuff up like everything's on you. So you have to really do your best to keep it together. Mm -hmm. And I think what you said earlier, what was your thing that you do to clear your head? Do you meditate?
0: Meditate, yeah.
1: And do you find yourself, uh, let's say maybe halfway through a day, just taking yourself out somewhere to meditate if you've been very stressed out? Sometimes, yeah. I I think
0: I I mentioned it before. The main thing for me is just being in touch with how I'm thinking and feeling. So if you're too stressed, um, and, and you can look into this, there's a lot of psych behind it, but basically you lose the ability to think well that frontal part of your brain blood goes away from it you start that fight or flight response and you get stressed out so I'm just constantly trying to be aware of do I feel stressed out and if I do I can't think and if I can't think everything is going to shit I can't talk to people properly I can't think strategically I can't execute correctly so I'm constantly checking like do I feel okay Am i too stressed out and if I am then I'll go meditate or I'll kind of give myself cognitive behavioral therapy and think through problems and calm myself down
1: yeah and here's something i wanted to ask you so something that i do you you, sorry i'll backtrack a bit sure do you think that there's a right amount of stress though so for someone like myself i definitely know when i get overstressed it can be a burden Mm -hmm. but at the same time there's like this level of stress where it's like it's enough stress that i'm worried but sometimes that level of stress produces like some of my best work. Yeah. Do you ever find that yourself? A
0: hundred percent. Like I was saying before, I think the criteria is how well can you think? Like if you're stressed and then you can like, okay, I'm going to execute a hundred percent on this. That's great. And it pushes you to think very, very well. But if it's too much and then you can't think and you're just freaking out, then that's bad. And that's kind of how I judge it.
1: Yeah. So there we go. The good stress and the bad stress. Mm. All right. What's your favorite hobby outside of work?
0: Favorite hobby outside of work? I guess it's video, man. Like, if I have the free time, I'm just going out, walking around, catching sunset, catching footage of, like, the city. I'm just filming stuff. That would, that would be my biggest hobby
1: yeah and when you do film stuff how much do you do uh let's say filming and talking in public do you do any of that at all
0: yeah so if you if you look at the mind unlimited youtube channel that's pretty much how i started i would just find different places in public and i would just yeah i would just do my my video blogs there
1: and did you find it nerve? do you find it nerve-wracking speaking in front of the camera yeah, yeah uh like outside
0: in front of people or just in general oh both yeah i think um i think both uh I wouldn't say I really feel nerve, like nerve-wracking if I'm in front of the camera, um, particularly because I put people in front of the camera all the time and you can really get to see people who absolutely freak out. like They start sweating, they're freaking out. Um, I feel fine in front of the camera. I'll, I'll feel a little bit um, stressed out sometimes, but for the most part, I'm, I'm fine.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you a little story. When I was um, trying to film one of my test vlogs mm. um, as part of this project, and this is not one that's getting released but <laughs> <laughs> i had to psych myself up just to talk in front of the camera in my bedroom when none of my housemates were home right. and i was still worried that someone was going to hear what i was saying and think what's that idiot talking about <laughs> and literally to get myself in the zone i had to remind myself i was like dude when you were going through law school, you spent week after week presenting legal arguments in front of real judges. You can't talk in front of this damn camera right. for two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that's how I had to psych myself up. Gotcha. Not to mention doing it in public. I've struggled to like, keep focused looking at the camera because I'm always like, oh, that person's watching me and that person's watching me. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's challenging. <laughs> I think it's a fun challenge, though. I mean... For me, I think that's been great. I really like filming myself at the moment because that's probably the most uncomfortable thing I've done in recent memory is mm. walking around trying to film myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about you? What do you, do you actively do much to push your own comfort zone? Like outside of uh, obviously being a very busy entrepreneur?
0: Good question. I think... Um, hmm, Do I do a lot to push out of my own comfort zone? I think... I think business is a big part of it. I think um, I think I was similar to yourself where I could previously, I could really say this is the thing that's making me uncomfortable. Like the, the video, something very, like I could put a box around it, like this is the thing. Whereas now it's more like these really kind of subtle parts of business. Like, oh, I feel really challenged when I try and pitch for this level of, of client or I feel really challenged in, when I have this difficult type of conversation with a client or with someone i'm somebody i'm working with and it's not working out and i have to have a conversation and be like hey this isn't working that's really challenging for me so it's more of the same it's not like i would say it's uh, learning a skateboard or it's like you know learning a new language it's it's these challenging conversations in business that that's pushing me out of my comfort zone
1: yeah and it's part of that also uh let's say we take the example of a client you know when you have to mm. tell someone something they don't want to hear Mm. like that's how do you how do you find yourself like prepare for a scenario like that
0: it's it's challenging i feel challenged by it every single time i think the best thing to do is just to be honest with people and tell the truth and that's usually what gets me through
1: yeah Mm. all right well I think we're about to wrap this up cool. but before we wrap this up i just wanted to ask you what is the future plans for video White, and what sure. should the people at home be looking out for
0: <laughs> sure so um future plans for video wise to grow it out into a team so it really just started as me editing all the time filming all the time and now i'm in the process of building out a team so you can expect a lot more content coming from me in the next year or so as i free up some of my own time and i can create more And you'll be able to see really cool videos that we release that are are related to purpose, really getting people's stories out there and you'll be able to find and connect with really inspiring people. That's what you can expect.
1: All right. And if you had one tip, let's say you're a listener at home and you're struggling to find what your purpose is. Maybe you haven't found your why yet. Mm. Do you have one tip you'd give that person that hasn't Mm. found their why?
0: Have one tip to find your why. I think... um, I think the best thing you could do is just get around people who do have purpose. I think um, you learn through osmosis. You learn through watching people and being close to them, learning how they operate. So I would say just get around the people who are doing what you want to do. If you want more purpose in your life, find people that have purpose. I'm this passionate about purpose because... Literally, the, the guy who I learned from, his whole business was about purpose. It was in everything he did and he lived it out. And now I'm a reflection of him. So, get around the right people.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, one thing that I'll say, it's a theory I've been tossing up in my head, is that really all entrepreneurship is just people who are essentially... It's, I'd say entrepreneurship is like a manifestation of people's purpose. Mm. That's what I'd say. Entrepreneurship is where people have found their purpose... And they've manifested that into a business is basically, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Man, it's been a great conversation. Dude, no, it's been great. Thanks had for having me on. Had a lot of great tips and hope you people have been paying attention at home, because there is a lot to take in from this one. So nice pleasure chatting. And yeah, you guys, I'll see you in the next one. Awesome, thank you. Hang on a second. What did I just say at the end of that interview? Nice pleasure chatting. <laughs> I got to get my words straight, man. Listen to me. I sound like somebody nervous on a first date. (laughs) But anyways, guys, that is the conclusion of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. I certainly enjoyed talking with James, man. I think that was an awesome conversation. There is a lot to take away from it. So if you do learn something, I want to hear about it. Make sure you let me know. Leave a rating and review. Do not forget to do that. And hit me up on Instagram DMs, all right? I'm happy to engage with you all. I want to know what you learned. I want to know if you enjoyed. So please let me know. Anyways, that's it. That's all for today. See you guys in the next one.